Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, We're talking this morning about God. Uh, We start a sermon series. We're going to be talking about God is and all the things that God is. Um, We know a lot of things about God, don't we? We worship Him. We we call on Him. We've we've had a relationship with Him for a while. Um, In my experience, both as as a pastor and as a Christian living here in North America, I, and I, don't, I don't think it's a North American problem per se, but I think for the most part, I think we have forgotten about who God is. It, it is, my, it, it is my, my, my deep held belief that we have, we have moved on to the place where we have created um, characters of God. And we, we have determined, based on our convenience and the things that we are comfortable with, who God is. And so we have moved away from talking about God if it involves the word judgment. And so we've, we've replaced that with God is love. But He is. Uh, we don't talk about the God who requires of us to do things we, because we don't want the responsibilities, right? Um, and so there, there, I think there is a, there is, there is a shift in the spirit world where God is wanting to remind us of who He is. So look to your neighbor and say to them, "God is," and I will help you to fill in some of those words today. In terms of who God is. So this morning, as we start the series, uh, Pastor John will be here, and we'll, we'll be, when he gets back, uh, we'll, we'll continue the series. But we want to start this morning by talking about the sovereignty of God, the sovereign nature of God. And like most things in life, I think we, we struggle with them because we don't know what it means. What does the word sovereignty mean? So I want to offer you... A definition that I borrowed. Um, so in terms of sovereignty, this is how one author uh, defines it. We mean powerful and authoritative to the extent of being able to override all other power and authorities. Nothing can successfully stop or stop an act or an event or a purpose that God intends to bring about. So this idea of being sovereign means that God is powerful and he has all authority to the extent that nothing can override his plans and his purposes. God is sovereign. How many parents in the house? When your child at 12 o'clock, if your child wakes up at 12 o'clock and says, Mommy, I would like to have a slice of cake. 
if the, if, the, if the child wakes up both parents, it is sometimes possible, thank you, sometimes possible for the dad to go, what flavor do you want? <laughs> the mom will then say, right, Tommy? Dads will go, what flavor do you want? Chocolate, vanilla, what do you want? Moms will go, no. The most you could probably get is a glass of milk and back to bed. A smart dad will understand that the mom is sovereign <laughs> and can override any act or purpose immediately, without question. A smart dad. God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. So look at someone and say, God is sovereign. And that there is, has, or is, or has been the challenge for a lot of us. The problem for most of us is that God is sovereign. And th this is what I mean by that. We haven't yet made it personal. We don't go, my God is sovereign. It's easy for us to say God is sovereign. But when we make it personal, it requires faith. It requires belief. It's easy for us to believe for, for healing for you, but not healing for ourselves. Because then we are forced to believe this thing, right? So, for example, you come here this morning, and I have to pray with you. If you come, you say, Pastor Renner, could you pray with me? I will pray an inspired prayer, best of my ability. But when I'm gone, I don't have to think about what you are going through, right? You have to live with it. I can pray believing, but if you are the one receiving that prayer, you have to leave going, you know what? I believe that God can do what he said that he will do. That God is sovereign. So the challenge this morning is I want us to look into the mirror of God's word. And I would like to reintroduce you to our sovereign God. Amen. Not that you've forgotten, but I would like to reintroduce you. Daniel 4.35 is an interesting piece of scripture. It says, All who live on the earth are nothing compared with him. All who live on the earth. He does what he wishes with the heavenly armies and with those who live on the earth. No one can hold back his power or say to him, what did you do? But we do that, right? Because we don't recognize that our God is sovereign. The, the prophet is saying that God answers to no one. In Psalms 135 and 6, the Bible tells us that the Lord does what, whatever pleases him in heaven and on earth. In the seas and all the deep regions. Colossians 1 emphasizes the point in 16 and 18. It says, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible. Whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together in him all things hold together 
And he is the head of the body, the church. Say, I am the church. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have supremacy. This is who we're talking about. This king, this amazing God. Now, I know when we talk about God, it's hard because... We are talking about a being that cannot be measured. That is, no words will suffice in your description and your definition of who God is. You could have learned the lexicon and you could have learned it well, but you will never truly be able to describe how big your God is. You can try it in languages. You can resort to French and Spanish, you can resort back to the original text, and no definition, no description will ever be able to encapsulate the immense nature, the all-powerful God, this being who is above all and in us all. No words, nothing can hold him. We can bring all the scholars of the world together, and none of them will be able to sufficiently describe one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of what God is and who he is. Amen. He is immeasurable. He is incomprehensible. This God is bigger than anything. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. This is what God declares. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we think amazing things. We, this as a, as a people, we have created excellence or what we perceive to be excellence. When the new iPhone comes out, we are wow. We're like, wow, you press this. If you hold it down, it does that. We look at astronomy. We look at our sciences. We look at the way we have achieved roads. We, we look at the way we build buildings now. We look at food and how beautiful it can look when we recreate it or create it. We can do all of these amazing things. And God still looks and says, all of the things that you were able, it's here. On earth and as high as the heavens, that's how my ways are. God is bigger than anything we can think or conceive or imagine. And so, which begs the question, right? So why would we take time this morning? We could have been at home watching the Super Bowl. I know, that was last week. I know. We could have been watching a game. We could have been watching a sport event. We could have been baking cakes. We could have been doing all sorts of things. So why are we here to learn about God? Why is it important if God cannot be totally understood? Why are we here? A.W. Tozer, Tozer has a very interesting uh, comment on that. He says, What comes into our mind when we think about God, listen, listen to this, this scholar, is the most important, important thing about us 
Low views of God destroy the gospel for all who hold them. Our view of God shapes the way we interact with each other. It shapes the way we pray. It shapes the way we live. It shapes our faith. It shapes everything about it. It is the most important thing. A high view of God. A high view of God is the most important thing for you. Because if God is not, if God is a liar, then all the other promises fall apart, does it not? If God is not big enough to solve your credit card problem, God is not big enough to save your soul. When you pray, if God is not big enough to heal the coronavirus, he is not big enough to raise you from the dead on the day of judgment. Our view of God impairs our ability if we have a low view of God. So, we want to take a look at three things, three big words that really mean very simple things. We want to look at three things that God is. We're looking at his nature. We're looking at his, who he is to us. And we are going to, I'm going to outline this sermon for you. I promise you will be out and ready for Bun's house on time. I am going to share these three things about God, and then we're going to answer the big question, and then we're going to talk about when we look at these things, what does it mean for us as children of God? I want you to walk away here today, and when you go to work tomorrow morning, and you're at school or you're at play, I want that thing of how we, the, the way we view God to impact us in a positive way. So, we'll start. Here are, there are different attributes of God, and we're going to look at three of them. We're going to look at the omnipotence as a, as a character, as an attribute. The, we're going to look at him being omnipresent, and we're going to look at him being omniscient. Are you ready for this ride? We're going to look, oh, whoa. All right. All right, I like that. Okay. Copy that, someone over here, so it looks like it's all over. Um, we're going to look at a couple pieces of scripture, and, I, and I'm using this scripture because I think it's important for us to have a high view of God, but we will never have a high view of God if our view of God doesn't come from this book. Amen? We don't get our view of God from podcasts, and lectures, and sermons, and books. We get our view of God from the Word of God, because this offers us a high view of God. We're going to start with this God who is omnipotent. So omni means all. Uh, in essence, it means God is all-powerful. 
God is all-powerful. Isaiah uh, 43.13 says, Yes, and from ancient days I am he. This is God talking. No one can deliver out of my no one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Our God is all powerful. He doesn't need armies, doesn't need angels, does not need your help to be powerful. He is all powerful at 1 a.m. in the morning when you're asleep. And he is all powerful at 12 a.m. when you're probably, are you still, I don't know if you're still asleep at 12 a.m. Whatever you're doing at 12 a.m., our God is still powerful. When you go to school, God is powerful. When you're at work, God is powerful. When you are sick, God is powerful. If you're in jail, God is powerful. If you have no ability to come out of the mess that you're in in your life, God is still powerful. When you're angry with God, God is still powerful. When you don't trust him, he is still powerful. When you trust him, he is still powerful. Nothing that we do influences this character of God. Nothing that we can say. Governments can ban the word of God. Governments can speak against him. Theologians can argue against him. None of that will change the fact that God is still powerful. A million armies can come on the earth and challenge him and then get a million others. None of them will change the fact that God is powerful. That our God is all powerful. Nothing changes that. God doesn't need your help, doesn't need your inspiration, doesn't need you to believe him, doesn't need for you to trust him, for him to be all-powerful. Next. He is omnipresent. It means he is everywhere. Present everywhere at once while you're at work, while you're at play, while your kids are at school. And this is important because while your kids are at school and you lift up a prayer, you know God is standing right there with you hearing your prayer, and it's ministering to your child 12,000 miles away. Our God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. He is everywhere at once. When you are running from God, when you run off from the spot, God was right there. And when you got to where you intended to go, God would still be there. And he was still asking you, where were you five minutes ago? I was here. God is omnipresent he is here today what today's what date is here today the 25th of december the 9th of february and he is going to be here when we return next week god is everywhere at every point in time omnipresent think about that think about our god being omnipresent If you ever grew up in a, in a country, and there, we have Western unions and MoneyGram. If you ever grew up where you're depending, you are dependent on money transfers, MoneyGram had a, a saying that would say, money anytime. As soon as you send it, you receive it. Money anytime. And, you know, electronics, we've gotten, when you send a message on your phone, you know, you can text almost real time like you're talking to someone. 
It makes you look as if you are here and there and stuff like that. We could do video conference. We're everywhere. But as people, we could never, never do what God does. Just be everywhere at every time. There is no other God that can be everywhere at once. Everywhere, at, Allah cannot be everywhere at once because he is, does not exist. Not Hare Krishna, not Buddha, not the Sikhs, not someone you worship. None of those things can be everywhere at every time. This, this being is so big, he is here with us and he is home at the same time. All encompassing. I was trying to figure out how to explain it. And here's, the, here's, here's one of the only ways I can explain it. If you lock that door, and I, four months ago, got some eggs, and I just allowed them to go up to rot. And while everyone was in here, I cracked those eggs into those vents. And I turn that bad boy up, and that scent comes through. You would be here, and it'd be stinky, and you would be there, and it would be, you know, it's like it's almost everywhere. Have you ever been in an environment where it stinks? And you leave, and it's on your clothes, it still stinks. God doesn't stink, God is pleasant. Wrap your human mind around the fact that our God is everywhere at once. And the third one, or there's, there's a piece of scripture that I want to show you for, from this first. Uh, yeah, go, go to the script. No, jump back. Or we there. Sorry, I'm reading from here. Come forward. So Psalms actually has a, a very good example. And the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heaven, the heavens you are there. If I make my bed in the depths you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn. If I settle on the far side of the sea. Still there. God is still there. If The, the psalmist said, if I cloak myself and I hide myself in darkness, even the dark, in the midst of the darkness, still there. And I know for some of us in those midnight hours of our lives, we ask the question, are you there? I've been there. I've asked God, are you there? How could you be here and watch me go through this? Are you there? And I think because we have had those types of experiences, it's, it's caused us to have a low view of God. It's caused us to have a low view of God. The other thing is that God is omniscient. He knows everything. He has all knowledge. All knowledge belongs to God. And I thought about this, and I was like, man, that's, that's amazing. That is amazing if we grasp the fact that all things, all things belong to him. If we, fact, if, we, if we hold on to the idea that our God has all knowledge. Psalms 139, 1 and 6 uh, gives us a very good example of, of who God is. The psalmist says, you have searched for me, O Lord, and 
And you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know my thoughts from afar. God knows your thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Have you ever messed up in life and you look at God and you go, how could you love me? God's like, I know you. I know you. God knows us. He knows what we're afraid of. He knows when we're disturbed. He knows when we're angry. He knows when we're confused. He knows everything about us. And it's because God knows us. I want to show you something. It's because our God is all-knowing. That's the reason why we don't fear. Look into this mirror. Look into this mirror. There's nothing in this mirror that God writes about you that tells you that you're a failure. Look at it. Look into this mirror when you go home and it will tell you that you are an overcomer. Look at this mirror and it will tell you that you are healed and you are blessed. Look into this mirror. If you, if you look into this mirror when people tell you that you don't belong here and you, you didn't work hard enough to get where you're at, look into this mirror and you will see that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Look into this mirror because this is the only book that tells us who we are. And it's because and God, God deliberately wrapped it in here so that we can see. Because God knew you from afar. He knows your thoughts from afar. He told the prophet Jeremiah, while you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were conceived, God looked into the future and saw you. And then he said, that's the apple of my eyes. Nothing in this book tells us that we're a failure. Nothing in this book tells us that we can't overcome. Nothing in this book tells us that we are destined to fail. Nothing in this book tells you that you are unworthy. When you look into this book, you will see that you are filled with the goodness of God. And your salvation is based on the righteousness of God. And you don't have to work to fix it. You don't have to work for God to go, I love you. You don't have to work for God to look at you and say, you are blessed and you are my child and that I love you. Nothing in this book tells you that you are unworthy. Nothing in this book tells you that you are destined to fail. Because in this book, the God that knows you wrote who you are in here and he imprinted it. So that you will always know that you are an overcomer. So that you will always know that you are the apple of his eyes. When you're worried about life and what's going on, look into this mirror. Look into this mirror for the God who knows all things puts his stamp here. He knows all things. When you're struggling with that job and you don't know if you're going to make it, you don't know if you're going to succeed because you don't have what it takes, you go to the one who has all knowledge and all wisdom. The Bible says that he gives it liberally. 
But this is who God is. And the big question, the big question is always for us, so what? So what if God is all-powerful? And what if God is omnipresent? And what, what does it matter if he knows all things? Well, it matters. It matters, and I want to go back to the original quote that I gave you for A.W. Because how we view God is important to us because God is our maker. And if we have a low view of him, we will invariably have a low view of ourselves. And that's the challenge. So here I want to show you three things. I have, there, there are three questions that we want to ask. How are you experiencing his power right now? How conscious have you become of his presence? And how are you trusting in his will and in his wisdom? The three questions all linked to the, these three attributes of God. The fact that he's all-powerful. The fact that he's all-knowing. The fact that he's everywhere. R.A. Tory has an interesting phrase. He says, believers obtain the fullness of power that God has, decide, that God has provided for us in Christ to the same extent that we understand and claim the Holy Spirit's work for ourselves. Romans 8, 11 says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. So why is that important? It's important because God shares His power. He doesn't share His omnipotence with us. We cannot and will never have that attribute. But He shares it with us through faith in Christ, God shares power in us. Romans 8, 11 said the same spirit. Listen, I'm going to say the scripture really slow. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Same spirit. Not a watered down version. This is not Holy Spirit 0.1. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. Mark eleven twenty three. the Bible tells us Jesus teaching the crowd and he says, you can speak to this, if you want to this mountain to move, you can say mountain, get up and go into the sea. All you would need is faith as a grain of mustard seed. May God give us some mustard seed Christians in these last days. Mustard seed Christianity is going to change this world. So we can say to mountains, be removed. God shares his power with us. He shares it liberally. How conscious have you become of his presence? How conscious have you become of his presence? Deuteronomy tells us, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. I will never leave you or forsake you. Words that Jesus himself will utter as he leaves the earth. 
There's this principle, this Coramdeo principle. I, it talks about just continually living in the presence of God. And I know you probably think you got to see angels and clouds got to come and you, goose, you have to get goosebumps on goosebumps. We, we've lived through that, right? We've lived in a day and age where good preachers were the ones who can shout loud and spit far. Why do you think the front benches of the churches are always empty? <laughs> no one wants to be showered. I had a preacher once, a preacher friend of mine who preached in our church. And he was standing here and he would say, Jesus! <laughs> and you would you'd feel the anointing, man. <laughs> Become conscious that wherever you are, that he is there. You don't need church and you don't need the goosebumps. We have become so dependent on the physical thing to, for, for it to be an indicator if God is here. We want to see people fall on the ground. We want to see people cry. We look for all the physical things to tell us if God is here. You guys are a little blurry right now, but I'll get it. Think you're still there. Job Job twenty nine eleven has a has a word for us. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Let me put this let me put these glasses back on. Because God wants us to trust him and he wants us to trust his will. And he wants us to trust his wisdom because God's ways are not our ways. And the Bible tells us that many are the plans of a man's heart. Many are the plans of a man's heart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that the plans that I have for you are good plans. And we don't see it because we don't see the whole plan. But God has good thoughts towards us. Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. This is who our God is. So the three questions are still important. And we'll end here. How are you experiencing his power right now? Right now. Is it diminished? And if it is, it's because we have a, a low view of God. How conscious have you become of his presence? And are you trusting in his will and in his wisdom? You see, those three attributes of God are important, but they were never meant to be separated. The God who is all-powerful can do all things. This limitless God is always with you. And he knows all things. And that's why we trust him.
We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.